You are listening to Social Media Decoded, a podcast dedicated to helping entrepreneurs and business owners simplify social media and thrive online. We provide actionable information that you can use and see results. I'm your host, Michelle Thames, and let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Social Media Decoded podcast, the number one podcast to help you understand social media better so that you grow your business, reach more clients, and make more money. And so today, I am really excited because we are chatting about real-time engagement and the cultural moment to manage social media and My guest today, she is so amazing. I found her via social media and she's from Chicago. And so I'm excited because she's just a person that we all need to know. I think she is a very important piece in what has happened in Chicago. So I want to welcome Kakora Mason. Let me know, did I say your name right? It's Kikora. Kikora, please correct <laughs> me fair. because yes, now we got that. I should have asked before we got on, but Kikora, no thank you so yeah. much for joining today. And I want to talk a little bit about how I found you. And then I would love for you to tell us, you know, um, a little bit more about yourself and how you got involved in social media. But Kikora, yeah. I'm sorry, Kikora, okay. right? Yes. She was Ki- Kiko. Kiko. <laughs> right. She was the social media strategist for the mayor of Chicago. And we have a woman mayor of Chicago who is very monumental and has done some amazing things in Chicago. And so I found her and I was like, I know somebody is behind the mayor. They're amazing. Whoever this person is, (laughs) they understand social media. They understand culture. They understand Chicago. And I think this person is so cool. And so I found out it was you. And I'm like, I have to have her on the podcast. So could you please introduce yourself and let us know how you got started with social media? Oh, Michelle, that intro was wonderful. You really know how to hype a girl up. So thank you for that. Um, And thank you again for uh, extending the invite to have me on the show today. Um, So my background, I got to correct you. I'm actually not from Chicago. (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) But I have been in the city 12 years at this point. So I don't know. Some people will consider me a Chicagoan. I don't think I will ever call myself that, uh, but I do. I feel like I know a few things about how the city operates. Um, So what brought me here was grad school. So I moved here in 2011. I obtained my master's degree in journalism in 2013. And ironically, I actually never started professionally as a journalist. I think it was like the second to last semester of my program. Uh, The G8 Summit was in town. I was taking like an international reporting class. And um, as part of the class, I had to come downtown and like cover it. So I was like interviewing people um, and really immersing myself in like protesting. And uh, it kind of freaked me out. I'm I'm not going to lie. That was the first time I ever saw cops in riot gear and being like, you know, a little too rowdy with residents. And I said, you know what? 
I really don't want to be on the front lines. I don't want to be a reporter, (laughs) but I still like writing and obviously communicating with people. And so that night I just started Googling PR internships. And so that's how I got into PR. I just, uh, I was an intern. My, my first job was at a tech PR agency here. I was doing a lot of technical writing, but I learned very quickly that I was not at all passionate about media relations. I did not like cold calling reporters. I didn't like pitching reporters. I didn't like anything about that. And at the time, social media for business was still super duper new. For the record, at DePaul, I didn't take any social media core classes. I had one elective. It was like social media for PR. And it was just that. It was an elective. And I thought it was interesting. But I didn't have any formal training in social media for a few years because the jobs just didn't exist yet. And that tells you how much social media has just evolved in the last decade. Because when I started... My current job or like my last jobs weren't a thing yet. Um, And so I did media relations for a few years, really didn't like it, but was getting professional experience. And uh, my parents made it abundantly clear to me that if I did not have a job, I would not be staying in Chicago because they were not putting my bill any further. So (laughs) I knew I needed to work. (laughs) Um, And so... I bounced around to Burrell Communications, which if you haven't heard of them, yes, they are a legacy. I used to work with them too. Yeah, yeah. A legacy multicultural advertising agency. Um, and I was doing still traditional media relations, but starting to tap into influencer work. But we weren't even calling it influencer work because, again, so new. Um, and I was working on Toyota and Bevel was like a brand new brand at the time. They weren't even in Target yet. They were still very much a digital business still. Um, But, you know, I was talking to my managers and I was like, look, I really got to get into the social media. Like I I liked doing the influencer stuff, thought that was super cool. I wanted to learn more about that. But I was really trying to like do some tweeting. Um, And so my manager was like, okay, cool. I don't know about social media, but I'm going to help you get the opportunities that you want. And, you know, that was another really great thing I valued about being at Burrell was because I was working with people who looked like me and believed in me. And um, we had the resources to get me the opportunities that I was seeking at that time. So I transitioned from Toyota to working on McDonald's. Now, this was a pretty big deal because Burrell and McDonald's have had a relationship for over 30 years. Um, Burrell has been the agency, African-American agency of record for McDonald's, getting that contract secured through Tom Burrell in like the early 70s. So to work on such a legacy uh, piece of business was huge. Um, and I would eventually become the the social media lead for the African American consumer segment for McDonald's, and I did that for about four years. And I had a time of my life like we activated at Essence 
Festival, which is coming up this weekend. We did American Black Film Festival, BT Experience. Like, I had a blast. I learned about, you know, doing social media for a major corporation, working across teams within the agency. Like, it was all great experience. Um, and then I got an opportunity. I went back to a general market agency where I did more big brand stuff. I worked on, um, I led influencer strategy for Adobe and Dow Chemical and Unilever ice cream portfolio. And all of that was fine. But, you know, I didn't feel as connected when I went back to general market because it's general market. And I didn't see myself in the work. And so, you know, I just got to a point where I was like, I need to do something more meaningful. Um, Because at that point in my career, I had been in agency world for about seven years. And, you know, it was just more of the same. And I was desperately, desperately seeking more meaning. Um, But at the time, I had gone home to Florida because the pandemic had hit. And I remember coming across like a, a job posting for the mayor's office in like January or February of 2020. And I just randomly applied. I was like, I'm probably not even going to get this. Like this job description looks sketchy. It's not a lot of details here. Like whatever. So I applied, did really hear much because, you know, a global pandemic happened and I wasn't even in Chicago at the time. And then all of a sudden I get a phone call uh, and they made me an offer. So I came back to Chicago uh, because I obviously had to be in the city. I started in the mayor's office September 2020, which was probably when COVID was like at its worst. Um You know, morale was super low in the office. I think mentally all of us like in the world were not in a very good place. And it probably wasn't an ideal time to start a job. But I said I wanted a job with meaning. And that's exactly what I got. Um, I was just telling someone the other day, you know, working in the mayor's office at such an important time in our world's history was probably the hardest role I have ever had to date in my career and will probably ever be the hardest job I've I've ever had. But I was also the most fulfilled. Um, I, I got to do a lot of cool things, which I'm sure we will get into in this conversation. But I also found that the pace that at which I was working uh, was not personally sustainable. Um, and I, I knew I did not want to continue a career in government and politics. Um, it was an opportunity for me to use all of my creative and PR agency experience to apply it to this brand new world of local government. And I, I stepped into the role with the goal of making Mayor Lightfoot the most digitally savvy mayor in the country. And I feel very confidently (laughs) that I did that. Um, And once that was accomplished, I felt like, you know, God told me that it was time to move on to something else. 
And so now um, in, in my current role as a vice president with JP Morgan Chase, you know, I'm super passionate about developing people and developing the next generation of digital talent. Um, when I really took a look at my network, maybe about a year ago, I realized I didn't know very many people like me, meaning black women, black digital women leaders who have done government or agency or corporate work. And I can't, in order for me to create more of me, I need to know me. I need to know people like me. And I also need to continue doing the work. And so that's what I'm just super excited to be doing right now. This story, this, <laughs> I just have, I always have amazing people on the podcast and it just amazes me, people's stories and how much we have in common and everything. But the reason why I have this podcast is because I didn't see people like me in this podcast space talking about marketing. And I have, like you said, extensive experience working for startup businesses, you know, being able mm -hmm. to be that person to help so many people like us know that they can work in marketing. So if anyone is mm -hmm. listening and you're thinking about, oh, I'll never be able to work in marketing. I have a background in health administration mm -hmm. and I, I got to work in marketing. We both got to work in marketing because of our skills and talents and just desires to go after our dreams. So if you're listening and you want to work in social media, there's so much opportunity. It's still so new it really and is. your yeah. story is so powerful. And yes, the mayor, she's, she's popping. She is popular <laughs> popping. And so you absolutely did your job because if anyone is in Chicago and doesn't know her, they're asleep because- <laughs> I mean, she was just so popular during that time. And for you yeah. to have put together strategies and plans, like you said, doing during a pandemic at the, the height of that, you did an amazing job. So I just love the experts I have. And so I know this conversation <laughs> is going to be amazing. Amazing. So I found you on social media and I said to myself, you know, whoever's behind the, the mayor's account, they really understand like what's going on and just have humor as well. Because I think that yeah. we all needed humor during this time. So really give us some backgrounds and some things, because I, I know you face some backlash as well, too. But how were you able to overcome all of that and really, you know, create a strategy for the mayor that got her visible? Because I think that this, like you said, she's digitally savvy. She's visible. I don't know any mayor that's or government official that's this visible on social media. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think what made. What. What made me feel free in this role was having trust from my principal. So obviously, you know, the mayor doesn't know everything about how social media works, but she did understand good content and what gets good engagement. And so it didn't take a lot of convincing whenever me or the team had an idea. Um, and we didn't actually have to run everything by her. And, and that's because of the trust that she had in, in the people behind her channels. Um, I think it's super important for in, anybody in a social media role, you need to feel free in order to be creative. That was true for me. And I'm sure that is uh, also a truth for a lot of other people 
um, in this space. And I think because of what my personal timelines look like, because I am tapped in to the culture, Black culture, pop culture, internet culture, I it was pretty simple for me to figure out ways to leverage what I'm seeing on my personal timelines to communicate critical local government details um, to residents in the city. So there were two things that I learned very quickly when I started this role. One is there is not a lot of creativity um, um, in, w- within the government space. And that's probably just the nature of the people that take these jobs. I think that I was super rare in that I didn't have a long government background and I came from agency. And so I was able to apply all of that creative knowledge, which was um, very well accepted internally. The second thing I learned was that the city has a lot to offer in terms of resources, Um, but it isn't always clearly communicated to residents of the city. And, you know, there are a number of reasons for that, but I knew that social media for sure could be a better vehicle uh, for communicating much needed resources for residents here, especially during the pandemic when people needed access to funds, to money, to testing, to vaccines, like social media was going to be the first line of defense for these people to find out how can I get the help that I need? So, um, you know, I, I mean, I guess it's, it's a humble brag, but like it, a lot, a lot of these ideas came very second nature to me. It's like, if I was a resident, what is it that I would want to read? Um, what I, I think authenticity is something that has also been very, very critical and important to me in my career, especially when it comes to developing social media content. Uh, and this can be applied to political figures or brands alike. Talk to people like people. There are people running these accounts. You don't have to be a robot because that content is not engaging. That is the kind of con- content that just makes people continue to scroll. You only have a few seconds to get people's attention. And if you're talking to them like a recording or some telemarketer, you're not going to get click-throughs. You're not going to get signups. You're not going to achieve your goals. So be authentic. Talk like a real person. Um, and so that was something that I just... I just started doing. (laughs) Um, Now, sometimes it was a little tricky doing that from the mayor's main handle, but I had a lot more flexibility from the at Chicago Twitter account. And I feel like there, there's so much nuance and in within like Chicago culture. And I guess because of the friends that I've had or men that I've dated, like I, I just kind of picked up on this stuff. And I just kind of kept it in the back of my mind. Um, And again, because of the freedom that I had, you know, I would just start testing things. I didn't always know if something was going to break through or not. 
Um, a lot of times you do just have to test content. And a lot of it was just trial and error. And when I started to see trends, I was like, oh, you know, there are some people that are trolling a little bit, but that's okay. Because I can troll too. <laughs> like, let's go. <laughs> and the mayor was trolling. So this is great. <laughs> I'm loving this strategy. I just have to say, you guys, you can't see that I'm nodding because this is audio, but everything that she's saying, I have physically said on this podcast. And so when I get true experts that talk the real, this is all testing. No one, no, no, none yeah. of us know what we're doing because things <laughs> change real. and we just have to test and see it may or yeah. may not work. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's like, and what worked you know, yesterday might not and probably won't work today. That's why, like, when you come up with a strategy, it, it has to be based in, one, data, and also, like, um, experience. So the mayor is is a, a Black woman, and it, it only made sense that another Black woman is her digital voice. I don't think that there's anybody else that can relate to her experiences being Black and being a woman and have this uh, digital and social responsibility who isn't Black. And I, I think that's another thing that made me successful in the role is because, you know, no, I'm not the mayor and no, I'm not a lawyer, but I know what it means to be Black in America. And I know how I want to be communicated with from a, a Black woman mayor. And I know what people want to see. I understand it. I live it. I breathe it. Like, And I just applied all of those principles to the work that I was doing. So awesome. The, and the mayor, you, you, I mean, I can't really like show you, show everyone, of course, but it was just phenomenal. I mean, it was funny. It was creative. And like you said, you know, just content and ideas being second nature and being able to have that freedom. I definitely feel that um, by being able to work at my own, being one of the first social media people in that role and just getting to test a whole bunch of stuff. And like, there's just you that I'm approving it. I'm posting it. And it's just like, oh, that right. worked. Let me try that <laughs> right. again. Let me spin it. It's just like, it's fun. And so again, I want to talk to everyone who wants to do this. If this is what you want to do, there's so many opportunities, but all it is, is trial and error and data. Data yeah. doesn't lie. And I know you said that. And I say that all the time, the data doesn't lie. If it works, test it and tweak it. Don't always try to create new stuff because then you're going to right. be stressed out. Right. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I want to talk about, I, Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to, going to say, um, you brought up a really good point about having fun. Because, um, you know, to be completely transparent, when I first started in the role, it wasn't fun. But it, it was also a reflection of what was happening in the world. We weren't in a good place. And so it wasn't necessarily appropriate to be having fun from government social media accounts at that time. Because, you know, we, we weren't doing well. Um, it wasn't until we got a new presidential administration, people started getting vaccinated, things started to open. That's when the strategy started to change to being like, 
super relatable and fun. I just, I want to be super clear. Like you have to, um, especially within government, like you have to not be tone deaf. Like you got to read the room. Um, you know, doing a Drake meme was only successful because we were in a place in the world where that could be received well. Doing, executing an idea like that when hundreds of people are dying every day from a, a virus that we don't understand, that would have been completely wrong. So when you're talking about creating uh, a social media strategy that is steeped in culture, uh, a very important thing is to always remember to read the room and know your audience, know what it is that your audience needs at that given time. You have just spoken. That's That leads us into our next question because you have to be able to adapt. And mm-hmm. I want to know from the expert that had to adapt, how, why is it so important to be able to adapt with not only changes to social media, but things that happen? Because while we're in a pandemic, the George Floyd thing, all these things happen. And you as a brand, even as a personal brand, and like you say, you have to read the room. Everything is not, of course, the opportunity for social media. Some people like myself, I like to stay out of politics and I don't feel like I should be pressured to share something that I would never normally talk about in the first place, right? Right. And so we have that right as well as to not. But for someone that is a government official and, you know, that is in this space, how do we move forward and adapt to the changes without, you know, being toned of with knowing what to say and what to do? How do you, you know, why is it important to be able to be able to be swift and make changes when something like those events happen? Yeah. So this is something that um, I'm talking more about now, you know, with government, unfortunately, you don't have the luxury of saying, Hey, that's a real sticky topic. I don't really think that we need to say anything about that because government has a public responsibility where they do have to talk uh, very thoughtfully and articulately about everything. Um, but from a brand side, and, and you know, this might vary depending on who you speak to. I don't think it's necessary for brands to respond to every single thing, to every single cult- cultural moment, you know, not all consumer uh, consumers have very specific needs when it comes to brand interactions in the social and digital space. Consumers are not expecting a brand that they engage with every day or buy from to have an opinion about every single topic. They don't want it. They're not looking for it. And it's not going to do anything for you from a brand perspective. So I will say it really depends on what industry you're in. You know, government, you do kind of, you do have to speak about everything. And that is the responsibility of those channels and the people behind those channels. But brands, it's like really evaluate like what your, your end result is. What is your business goal? And how does commenting on, I don't know, Juneteenth, How does that affect your bottom line? You know, not every brand needs to talk about Juneteenth. And if we're keeping it in a buck, 
black people don't want y'all to be talking about Juneteenth to begin with. So just like, <laughs> if you don't have anything intelligent to say, you know, it's best to not say anything at all and everything will be fine. And that's why it's important to have a PR team to be able to run these things by to say, hey, what do you think about this? And social media is not PR. They they may not, they're not the same. <laughs> that's true. Social yeah. media person may not have experience in public relations with representing brands and people on social media and everywhere. So those are two different yeah. things. And I'm so, so glad you said that. Um working for multiple brands um, with my agency and having to go through, you know, everything that has happened. It is like, okay, do we talk about this? You know, with COVID, some of my clients had, you know, um, hair care brands. So it's like, we have to say, okay, production is now stopped. So some things you have to address, but others, you're right. I think it should be very strategic and you should sit down with your team to discuss that because Everything matters. Everything that you say on social media matters. Everything that you post matters. So you want to have yeah. a strategic plan about that. So oh, you touched on so so much amazing things. I want to talk about next your, you've pivoted into a new role. And I know before we got on, we were talking more about influencer marketing, which I think is very new. A lot of brands definitely have not tapped into influencer marketing um, that much, and it's still such a new topic. So can you talk a little bit about you know, the transition to your new role and what you're doing with influencer marketing and how that all plays a role in you know, the organization? Yeah, so in my current role, I'm overseeing um, social listening and community management for uh, Chase social media channels. Um, and as part of that, you know, community management, real-time engagement, that's obviously something that I'm super duper passionate about. And I want to make sure that uh, we get to a place where we can do more of that, interacting with more of these Chase customers uh, and inserting the brand in a smart way, of course, into these cultural moments, just like I did with Mayor Lightfoot. Um, and influencers are a huge part of that. Um, I am so surprised at the journey that influencer marketing has been on the last few years. You know, I don't think they or myself could have get, guessed that influencers would be doing the work that they're doing. I, I did a podcast maybe about three years ago, three or four years ago at this point, where I actually thought the influencer bubble was going to burst uh, because I, I thought that it was just getting super saturated, like influencer rates were through the roof. Like it, it just felt like too much. But just like social media is super nimble and, and people have to be people and brands have to be nimble in the space. Um I have been proven wrong that influencers have also been super nimble. Uh, I think one of the things that I have found really interesting is a lot of these, uh, I'll call them legacy influencers, like folks who started on YouTube maybe like 10, 8 years ago doing long form video, they have now transitioned to doing like reels and TikToks. Now, I'll be honest, I am not a TikTok subscriber as of today. And it, that's going to take me 
take me a while. I feel like TikTok is racist, but that is a conversation topic for another day. Uh, <laughs> but I am very much a fan of uh, the Reels content. And I just love seeing these influencers like have fun with Reels content. Like I say this all the time. Reels is about having fun. Reels is not uh, a tool that you use when you're trying to like communicate something super heavy or super serious. It is a w way to uh, keep your audience engaged and to just keep it light and keep it cute. And I, I love that for Instagram. Um, you know, sometimes Instagram is like a little bit of a biter in that like they come to the table late with stuff. But when they do come, you know, they show up and show out. And yeah, I just, I, I really, I really love Reels. That's one of my favorite features on Instagram right now. Yeah, Reels are really hot. And I definitely agree. Um, those of us, like you said, started 10 plus years ago on YouTube. That would be me. Um, I definitely love Reels. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm on TikTok and I really have a strategy because I know that there is opportunity there, but I just haven't really... Mm -hmm tapped into it. I, I don't want to focus on too many different areas because I'm also on Clubhouse, which is really great for me. And so yeah. it's best to just stick to a few than too many and spread yourself too thin and be everywhere and not even be able to focus on like the strategy part. So I haven't right. really tap, tapped into um, TikTok like that, but YouTube kind of getting back into it, but it's, you know, yeah. it's, it's just been a lot. So there's a lot of platforms. Stick to the best ones that work for your business and or yeah. where your audience is, because you said that yeah. you have to speak to people like people and engagement and community engagement. So it's important that, you know, you're doing this. It's important. People, if yeah. I go, if I comment on Chase, if Chase comments back, I feel like Chase cares. It right. matters. It, it matters. <laughs> it absolutely does. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to talk about Lastly, for anyone who is wanting to get into social media and really looking for a career in this, because you, um, your story is so amazing and how you've transitioned and from journalism to you know working in government to now working at J.P. Morgan Chase, which is a huge deal. And congratulations on this new role. I know that you're going Thank to you. be. You already are amazing in it, and I'm just excited. I love watching your stories and following you on social media. So I'm excited to <laughs> to you. keep up. But can you let people people know, um, you know, what are some tips and advice that you have for anyone wanting to get started in the social media space as a career? Yeah, yeah you know, social media, it's so interesting. We were speaking a little bit about this earlier, like the transition the the field has made in such a short time has been phenomenal. And so social media doesn't meet, mean just one thing anymore. Like there are so many different skills <clears throat> that encompass working within social and digital media. Um, I'm not a designer. <laughs> you know, my, my design skills begin and end with Canva. I know we were joking about Canva earlier, <clears throat> but I know design is a huge part of social media. And that means that you have to hire those people. I think for someone who is just starting out in this space, <clears throat> excuse me, my best advice I can give you is to get your feet wet 
doing a little bit of everything. Try writing tweets, being a copywriter. Try to understand the data and analytics and algorithms of these platforms. They change all the time. And literally, that's a job. Understanding trends on social media. Um, designing. That's also being a social media graphic designer is very different from being a social media copywriter. <clears throat> Two different functions, but both extremely important important to the one function of social media for the brand or the entity. Uh, being a strategist, like figuring out how do I leverage Twitter differently than Instagram for my particular platform. That's a job by itself as well. Being an influencer, that's an extension of social and digital media. Creating, being a content creator. Being a content creator is different from being a designer. Like there are all these extensions of social media marketing that didn't exist just a few years ago. And so if you're not super clear <clears throat> or super certain on what it is that you want to want to focus on within the space, try doing a little bit of each until you, you find something that you are either most interested in or uh, find yourself gravitating to more than other areas of social media. Um, I think if you're still in school and you're trying to figure out what it is that you want to do, do a bunch of different internships. That's honestly what I did before I even got into PR. I, I was a human rights intern when I was still in undergrad because at the time I thought I wanted to be a human rights lawyer. Sometimes you got to try doing different things until you find something that um, really sticks with you. Um, and also mentorship. Um, that's something that, you know, I'll be honest, I did kind of struggle with earlier on in my career. There were uh, a lot of Black women in PR that I really looked up to, but sometimes it was hard to like find connections with people. And I didn't really know how to communicate that until very, very recently. Um, I was in New York for work and there was a, a CFO who talked about mentorship. I think she, the question she was asked was like, has there been anyone in your career that has been super uh, influential in your life? And she's like, you know, I have to be super honest, like, not really. Like, it's been really difficult for me to find people that I really connect with in all aspects of my life, meaning as a Black woman, as a Black mother, as a person of faith, as you know, a Black woman in the financial industry, like that is a very specific type of person. And this young lady, she said she hadn't found that. And I was like, man, that's real. Because I don't think that I have come across a lot of people like me, a woman of faith, a Black woman from the South in the Midwest trying to, you, you know, carve out my career. Like I'm a specific type of person and it has been challenging to find people that really resonate and connect with that. Um, but when you do fi find those people, you hold on to them and you, you know, you, you, you establish a relationship with these folks because 
you get to a point in your career where it's no longer about your skill set. Um, it really is about your network who can vouch for you, who you can vouch for to, to get someone else an oppor- opportunity or foot in the door. Um, PR is all about relationships. And you never know when paths are going to cross again. You never know when somebody's going to reach out to you on social media to be a guest on their podcast. Like you, you just, you don't know. So um, my advice is to, you know, do your research, look people up online. Most importantly, be kind to people because Chicago is a small city. (laughs) The world is a small place and you just, you never know who's watching you. I love that. I hope everyone's taking notes because gems were just dropped like they always are on the Social Media Decoded podcast. This has been such a great episode. So many gems were dropped. I, I, I'm just I'm just excited. I'm excited to <laughs> everyone to listen and take notes and learn more about the corporate side of social media and how to get into that, but as well as the cultural aspect and the engagement part of social media that's very, very important that many brands are lacking and missing. So this was a very rich episode. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing all your amazing knowledge. Can you let us know where we can find you online, where we can tap into your amazing content? Because I think your content's amazing. (laughs) I love watching your Chicago travels. It gives me ideas on things to do. Thank you. Um, I am on the internet, so you can find me on LinkedIn, Kikora in Mason. Um, I'm also on Twitter as Kiko Styles, and uh, no, I'm sorry, I'm on Twitter as Kiko Speaks and Instagram as Kiko Styles. Yes. And we will have all of that amazing, all her links down in the the show notes so you can check her out, follow her, you know, have any tips that you learn. Definitely tag us on social media, tag Michelle L. Thames and tag the Social Media Decoded podcast so that more people can learn about the amazing things that everyone on the show has going on. So definitely thank you so, so much again for being a guest and sharing all your amazing knowledge. I hope that we can do another episode together. Yes, let's do it. (laughs) Yes, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being a listener of the Social Media Decoded Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope that you got some gems. If you got some gems, make sure to tag me on Instagram at Michelle L. Thames and share those gems with me. I cannot wait to talk to you all in the next one.